0: you, Lord God, and called out in front of you, God. Lord God, that you will answer those prayers according to your divine will and your, your sovereignty, God. We pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you will heal those that need a continued healing right now in their bodies right now. For for all those we've called out for healing, we ask that you will perform that according to the power of your word, Lord God, and for those in those rooms that may need your salvation, we pray for those things, too, as well, and for the the comforting of those that are bereaved and in shock um, from the July 4th events and all the things that are going on in the world. We ask, God, um, that you send your church to peace, give comfort and peace send your spirit, Lord God, among your people, um, Lord God, that we, Lord God, may be ready and steady to do your will. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, welcome those who are watching online. If you could give them a hand clap and welcome those online. We do have an online family, Uh, quite a bit of online family. We would like to welcome uh, you guys if you're listening by podcast or on Encounter360.org or if you're at the YouTube channel or if you're on Apple or Spotify or wherever you are. um, We're welcoming you on Facebook. Uh, We have a lot of people on Facebook, so we're so glad that you're, And just to let you know, you're part of our family. So uh, we're we're grateful that you can go along with us. If you'd like these Bible study notes, uh, you can go to the website at encounter360.org, click on live stream, and you can watch us live there. uh, And even save these uh, Bible study notes and things like that to be able to keep up with it. And all the scriptures are already preloaded, so you don't even need a Bible. All you need to do is point and click, and you can get the Word of God right from your phone. Well, Uh, Let's get into it. Uh, We are at chapter 32. Wow, we've been a ways, huh? We have been a long way, and we have seen um, this traverse of Jacob as he's getting ready to go back home, and he has some demons that he has to face. Um, Jacob has been told by God that it's time for him to go home, and we saw that he was leaving Laban, and he kissed uh, Laban goodbye. After all the tricks that Laban had given to him, I imagine that Jacob had such a hard time leaving Laban, um, but <laughs> but yet he is on his way, and he's on his way, but in the way of that is now something that Jacob has to do uh, that I want to talk about a little bit tonight that we all have to do sometimes, which is confronting his past. You know, a lot of times, because we, we walk in a forward trajectory, we kind of like to put the past behind us, but if we don't sometimes deal with issues in our past, we will find that the further we go, we have to deal with those things. Uh, and some of our mistakes, it could be something that's simple and it's practical in today's world. I work in finance, you'd be surprised how many people have poor credit and they could fix their credit, but the problem is they pretend that if I don't look at it, it won't get what? If I don't look at it, maybe it'll get better. And and they can pretend the world is good until your car breaks down, or until you need a place to stay, or you want to get a house. And when it's time to walk into whatever blessing or next level of life, here you are confronted with those issues that you have not what? Resolved. At some point in time, you can't run away from every issue in your life. Sometimes the best thing to do is to deal with those issues. Sometimes it can be relational. That people have fell out over certain things and haven't seen their family since the last funeral. And all of a sudden something's coming over to where you either need that family member or they need you. And you have unresolved issues in your past. And before you can move forward in the blessing God has to do with uh, with you, you have to deal with it. Everybody said deal with it. it. That's something we have to teach in the body of Christ is maturity. That everything doesn't come in a 30-minute sermon. That every, you can't always come to the altar and every situation works uh, the way you want. As a matter of fact, one of those scriptures, I believe, down there will see that Jesus says, if you come to the altar and you have a situation going on with your brother where they're upset with you, there's an unresolved issue, he says, don't jump, don't praise, don't shout, don't listen to the pastor when he tells you to wave your hand. Don't do anything. As a matter of fact, you have my permission to miss church. You need to leave the altar and you need to go make that right first. Because if your horizontal relationship is not correct, your vertical relationship will not be correct because Jesus says, how can you tell me that you love me whom you've never seen and hate your neighbor who you what? See every day. He says that is not uh, the truth, it's a falsehood. you lie and do not the truth so it's important in the body of Christ for us to know that if we have issues at some point in time we need to resolve those issues. Um don't need to run from issues we don't need to pretend that they're not there um, you know like the spare room that everybody has at their house when they don't feel like putting their clothes up and they don't feel like dealing with it so what do they do they throw in a room or, or close the door if you don't have that room everybody has a room in the kitchen or somewhere and they call it the junk drawer anybody have a junk drawer that's when you don't feel like cleaning up and things like that but you're tired of looking at the mess what do you do you open that junk drawer and you stick it in there and you pick up the stuff that's ran over the back of it that's fell down and you pick that up and you stuff that in there and you close that drawer and you get to pretend that everything's okay because on the surface it looks okay. But at some point in time, you're going to have to clear out your junk. And that's where we find Jacob. Jacob is going to be the recipient of the blessing. But before he can fully receive the blessing that God has for him and walk in that blessing. He has to deal with some unresolved issues. He tricked his brother. He's created some bad blood with his family. And the last time he left, it was because his brother said, I'm just waiting for daddy to die so I can send you right behind him. So you can imagine that he has some stuff that he has to deal with. So can you imagine when God told Jacob, it's time for you to go back to the land of your fathers? There's a bunch of anxiety there. You know why? Because Jacob has to open the junk drawer. Jacob has to deal with family secrets that he's pretended hasn't been there, and things he's been able to ignore while he was in a different location, but how many of you know that no matter how much you try to ignore a situation, until it's resolved, God has a way of bringing it right on back around, and we can pretend that it's not there, but for our maturation, he's going to have to face his brother, and he's facing his brother after That's a long time to pretend like things are okay. Can you imagine his family telling him, Daddy, tell me about the land that you came from. And every time he gets to the land, he, well, Daddy's got to go right now. Daddy doesn't want to talk about that right now. He's had to glass over this. And now, after 20 years, he has to go back to his brother. So let's go to Genesis 32 and 1. And let's start reading a little ways. What does it say? Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him and when Jacob saw them he said this is God's camp so he called the name of that place Mahaname. now this is important for us to see because not only does he have anxiety in his heart yes God you told me to go but I don't know if you remember God but my brother said if he saw me again he was going to kill me and immediately as he begins to walk out in faith and do what God tells him to do God sends what? angels to him he sends people and sometimes we're we're trying not to make things right because we're scared of the residual effects. Sometimes that you just take, when I was young, they say, if you'll take one step, God will what? Take two. He's waiting for you to make a step. He's already, God's already done what needs to be done. But as you begin to move out in faith, God will send you what you need. Oftentimes, a lot of people don't walk in the blessings that God has for them because they're saying, God God is saying, "When you move, I bless you." There are two diametrically diametrically opposed ideas. How many of you ever said that? You know, God put something on your heart to do, and you said, "God, when when you give me the resources to do it, I'll do it." God, when you want me to go out of ministry, when you when you give me the right job where I can have a ministry job, when you give me the funds to do it, I'll do it. And God and we were waiting for years, and God hadn't done anything. And God says, "What do I need to give you provision for?" And you haven't done anything. When you do something, then I'll give you some what? Provision. So we see as Jacob begins to walk, God sends angels, and the angels, the messengers of God, meet him. Let's go to verse 3. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, and the land of Seir, the country of Edom. Edom meaning red, the, the Edomites, uh, is where this is. We, we, we see in this land, if you're in the land of Edom, um, you're in the land of Esau where he is, but he's either in the vicinity of his brother, he may be close enough to see his brother's camp, but either way it is, it's getting closer to what he has to face, so what does he say to uh, these people that he's sending before them Uh, what does it say Uh, verse uh, verse 4 says what instructing them, thus you shall say my lord Esau thus says your servant Jacob I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants and female servants I have sent to tell you my Lord in order that I might find favor in your sight. So question two is Jacob sends an entourage ahead to let his brother know he's blessed and potentially willing to what? Share. I know I robbed you of everything that was yours, but look, I got a lot of money now and hopefully Uh, you'll let me make it and so he's been a little bit of Jacob he doesn't want to confront the issue right off he sends somebody else to try to soften the blow maybe if I soften this blow it won't be as bad because let's be honest if you were having to go visit somebody and they said the next time that you see me the next person you see will be the Undertaker you're probably gonna approach them with a bit of caution aren't you so we see that he's working this out, and he says, verse 4, instructing them, Thus you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male servants and female servants. I have sent to tell my lord in order that I might find favor in your sight. Verse 6, what does it say? And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we we got to read this together because this is wonderful. Let's read this together. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you. And there are 400 men with him. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he does. I I got all these cattle and I got all these goats. Because you remember that their ancestor Abraham took 300 plus men. And destroyed five armies. 400 men is enough to do all the damage you need. So can you imagine that? Let me test the waters and go out there and say, hey, I'm coming. I got all this stuff I'm willing to share. What did he say? He said, oh, he want to see you too. He can't wait. (laughs) He's bringing 400 people. Can you imagine what's going through Jacob's mind right now? Jacob is probably considering, Lord, I know you said this, but it's only a short while back. I can at least go back to the rock where Laban and I split. So that's he's having to deal with something. Have you ever been in that point where you feel like what you've done in in the dark or done uh, or misunderstandings you have, you're going to have to face them and now your chickens are coming home to roost and now it's a tough spot to be in. It's a really hard spot to be in because now You have to deal with those things you've been trying to do away with and cover up with, and you got to deal with those issues. Can you imagine the anxiety on his mind? People do that today, the anxiety on their mind when you stop getting those foreclosure notices and then you see a sign on the door. The anger on your mind when you quit uh, ignoring to go to the doctor and because you've ignored to go to the doctor now, you're at the hospital because you had no choice. And now you have to deal with it. We have to make sure. And Christianity—some people use Christianity for a religion of escapism. They try to come to Christianity to run away from their problems. If I get to Jesus, all my problems are going to be gone. But as you can see from Sunday sermon learning sermons, learning to suffer well—that sometimes our blessings aren't going around our problems. Our blessings are going what through our problems. So there's four hundred men. Uh, Coming with him, verse 7, what does it say? Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. (laughs) He divided the people who were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two camps, thinking if Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. I got a 50-50 chance. That's what he's saying. I got a 50-50 chance. He's still trying to find a way because the guilt of what he's done, he knows what he deserves. Sometimes when people have done you wrong, you spend your time all the time bubbling up and, you, and you're uh, telling them, I wish I could see them so I could tell them what they did to me. They know what they did to you. You don't have to tell them. When somebody owes you money, you don't have to tell them that they owe you money. That's why they're not talking to you because they know they owe you money. <laughs> That's why they're avoiding you is because they know they've done you wrong. Even when I preach, I try. I preach the gospel but I don't necessarily have to necessarily hit hit your sin to come and say Lamarck I'm preaching about you today because Lamarck Lamarck knows what Lamarck needs to work on the the bible the, the the word of the two-edged sword it cuts to the very moral it cuts down so we know what we need to work on we know what we need to do we know what needs to be done and so he he's thinking about ways that he can escape if it goes awry. And verse nine says, And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and kindred that I may do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all of the steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff, I crossed this Jordan. And now I have two camps. Stop for a second. This is not the same Jacob that crossed over to go to the land of Laban. This is a different Jacob. That's why God let him stay there 20 years. That's why God left him in the hands of his tricky uncle because it broke his spirit. It broke some of that foolishness out of him. Some of us have chagrined and been upset because we've had to struggle through some things but I continually tell you, David said, that it was good that I was afflicted because had I not have been afflicted, I would not have learned your law. There are some people that are in situations that you know, although you don't like the situation, had things have gone the way you wanted to, you wouldn't be sitting in this room. You wouldn't be thinking about God. Jacob is seeking to make peace. Jacob is seeking to make peace with his brother Esau. So he's trying to make peace with Esau and do some things that will, um, that will appease his brother's anger. But this time, he's not talking to men. This time, Jacob is talking to who? God. His attitude has changed. That's why we shouldn't always run away from every tough spot. Because let's be honest, the times that we're on our knees the most is when our life is, 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 is the worst. When it's at our lowest, it would be wonderful if we were always prayer warriors and we always prayed the way we needed to pray and did the things that we need to do. But sometimes trouble can be a blessing to us. It's a refiner's fire. It pulls stuff out of us that we didn't know was on the inside of us. Some of it, it pulls it out and throws it away, makes us mature. And some of it, it pulls it out and builds it because it builds us up our most holy faith. That faith is built in tough times. That you don't, you don't need any more faith than when it is that you just got a small camp and your brother's coming with 400 people and you know you deserve to die. The last time he told you that he see, if he see you again, he's going to kill you. You snuck away. Now he's coming with a whole militia. Seal team six didn't have 400 people. This man has 400 people. So Jacob has no choice but to depend on what? God. I'm going to set the camps but I'm going to depend on God. I want us to look at these scriptures too. We're gonna look at Matthew chapter five, verse 25. I might not read it in the ESV, but I wanted to read them for you um, because they have something to do with with, uh, the lesson. And uh, so we'll look at Matthew five, verse 25. They've already got it there. Let's read what it says. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest the accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge guard and you be put in prison. In other words, it's better to solve issues bef- now before they become what? Worse, before they become big issues. When you have something going on and you know you got that feeling in your gut that's build, building up that need, something needs to be addressed, Pray about it first, because if you don't pray about it, you'll talk about it at the wrong time. I'm not saying immediately deal with that issue, but you need, what Jesus is saying, you need to fix these issues before they become a larger what? Problem. While you can. Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 18. Romans 12 and 18. There it is. What does it say? If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And the old King James, it would say, uh, live peaceably with all men. Notice that it says, as far as it depends on you. Sometimes you can't live at peace with people because they don't want to be at peace. But if they don't want to be at peace, let it be because they refuse to resolve the issue. And you have exhausted all issues, all ways to resolve the issue. Why do most divorces happen? People confi- refuse to communicate. People won't work out their issues. When you see most people now, they divorce. Why? Because it says irreconcilable what? Differences. That we can't work out our differences. We, we refuse to work out what was going on with us until it came to a head. And now we're to the point that neither one of us wants to work at this. Which, as a Christian, we should always be seeking to restore marriage and to build marriage. God blesses and honors marriage and the family and things like that through everything that we possibly can that um, within the bounds of safety. But we want to make sure that we're trying to reconcile. So Jacob is seeking to reconcile. Hey bro, how you doing? I'm so glad to see you. You're looking good there. Brought a lot of people with you, huh? (laughs) Um, What are you going to do with all those people? (laughs) I don't know if we have enough lambs to barbecue for that. I hope you're not planning on barbecuing me brother that's 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 not what I want but at, at, at this end we see that one of our goals and principles as Christians is we should always seek peace and what resolution we should be a peace people of peace now the Bible does say there's a time and place for all things a time for, uh, for and every purpose under the sun so there's a time for war and there's a time for peace But if a Christian is having to go to war, let it be because you have sought every peaceable measure first and that this is the last resort. It shouldn't be quick-tempered, and this is the first thing um, that I'm doing is because I'm just mad and I'm angry. And we see that a lot today on our culture, don't we? Ever turn on your Facebook page or whatever you like, Snapchat or whatever it is, and you see people, and they take the time out of their day to write these these long manifests on somebody else's page about some, something somebody said about their page because they're angry and I just want you to know how angry I am not realizing that person probably didn't even read that. If you took a time to stop and think about that, you probably wouldn't do that what? At all. And number five, for those who are going down the list, Jacob divides his camp and to give half a chance to escape uh, with Esau. So we're going down a little further because he's, he's talked to God And um, he says, I will surely do you good and make your offspring. I'm going to go a little farther down because he's been humbled. Uh, I'm going to look at verse 11. uh, Genesis chapter 32, verse 11. It says this, please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he may come and attack me, the mothers with the children. But you said I will surely do good to you, God, and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be which cannot be numbered and for the multitude. So it's it's good to be able sometimes when you pray to pray the word of God to remind God what he what said. Lord, he didn't forget, but just so Lord, I'm letting you know this is what your word what said. Hezekiah When they told him he didn't have long to live, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and said, Lord, the grave can't praise you. (laughs) Uh, I want to remind you here that although you may take me, that I'm going to praise you as long as I'm living. Sometimes that's why it's important to know the word of God. It's important to know the promises of God, to know which promises are specific to you. Because the Bible says that the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. He has received the blessing. You told my father this. You told my father's father this, so now I'm standing on this promise and I'm looking forward to you doing this because if he kills my seed, this can't happen as quickly as it needs to happen. I'm a little old to be starting over. God, will you protect my seed? He's asking for protection from God. When we saw Jacob at first, he didn't want protection from anybody. Remember when Rachel came to him and said, uh, I'm gonna die if I don't have any children? He said, that's God's fault, what is that to me? He had a flipping attitude course God a little bit didn't he but now he's in a place where he says I have to depend on you that's when you truly meet true Christianity true Christianity is a complete and total utter dependence on God it is saying that I can't make myself right with you with you I can't live well enough to be right with you I have finally been broken to the place where I realize that the only way I'm going to That the only way that I'm going to get get the blessings that you have for me is to do it your way and not mine. Less of me, more of you. Jacob is growing up, y'all. But lest we be too quick on Jacob, how many of us know God's will and his word, but we still sometimes try to act outside of that will and the word and do what we want. And the blessing is waiting for us. God has determined what blessings he has for you. Your days are numbered whether you know it or not. You can try to prolong but your days, the Bible says, are numbered. God knows the plans he has for you. Sometimes it's not the devil holding up our plans. It's us holding up our plans because this is what God has planned for us, and this is what we have planned for us, and they are two different things and we keep running after this and wondering why we're toiling and struggling to make this work, it's because the blessing isn't sitting on this, the blessing is sitting on that. God has already placed his blessing here, but he hadn't placed it here. Why why do I have to move to this land to get this job? I've got this master's degree, a doctorate degree, and I'm just as smart in this state as I was in that state. You are, but I've got a blessing for you in this state you keep running after the blessings in this state. If you quit trying to toil here, I could bless you here. But it's gonna require some sacrifice for you. Well, I, I, my ministry, I can preach just as good as anybody, teach just as good as anybody. Um, uh, why, why, why is my ministry not flourishing? Not all the time, but sometimes it could be because God's saying, because as gifted as you may be, you keep trying to operate here, and I'm trying to bless you here. And as long as you're working over here, you're the only person that's working and whatever you work for, you gotta keep up. But when I bless you, my grace covers and sustains you and you don't have to work as hard. When Adam and Eve went into the garden, they didn't have to toil. God, they tended the garden, but God brought forth fruit for them to what? Eat, it wasn't until they decided that I don't want the blessing over here I want the blessing over here. And when they did that, what did they end up having to do? Then God says, since you want this, and this is gonna be, your will is gonna be your God, then from the sweat of your brow, you're gonna receive your blessing. Mm. If you keep chasing after this, you can have it, but you're gonna get everything that comes with it. Not just the blessings, you're gonna get the toil, and you're gonna get the pain. Now I'm not saying or suggesting that Doing the God's way is always going to be an easy path, but it is definitely an easier path than trying to be bullheaded and do it our own what? Way. And all of us, can we be honest? All of us have tried to be bullheaded and, and do it our own what? Way. I live how I want to live. I give how I want to give. I talk how I want to talk. I walk where I want to walk. I go where I want to go. I work where I want to work. I say what I want to say. How did that work out for us? Brother Bob, exactly, it didn't. But you learn something that even when you may have had more money doing it this way, when you did, did it God's way, God will bring more peace than you've ever had in your life. And although you have less money, you never do without because money is not the only way God can bless you. God can open up doors. You you open up doors thinking, I need money to make this happen. God can put it on somebody's heart to bless you just like that. And as long as you're in his what? Will. Jacob has decided, I'm going to go through this into God's will. And you have blessed me. And I'm depending on you. So now it's time for him to receive what God has for him. Because he has surrendered. Not fully. We'll see in about two verses. But he is in the process of what? Surrendering. Maybe we call that in today's term sanctification. You've been saved, the blessings on your life, but there are some things that you've yet to what? Surrender to God. There's still some things and attitudes and mindsets and behaviors that you still have to surrender to God. There's still some habits and some secret things that nobody else knows for you that you still have to surrender to God. And as you surrender those things to God and completely depend on God, you'll find that there's a blessing that just flows. I've tried it both ways. This is not a theory. I've tried it both ways. I know what it's like to work and have businesses and, and try to toil for money, and money comes, and that's great. And I've also learned what it's like to walk away from money and say, God, I'm going flow to flow with what you got. And God takes, a, in a few seconds, what you worked all day to do. It, when you get into the will of God, when you get into the purpose of God, and to his flow, he gives you provision. When he'll tell you and make sure you are where you need to be when you are there. Lord, I'm in tax trouble. Oh, that's not a problem. You are walking with me. Go fishing. You're a fisherman. Well, fishing is what got me into trouble. I didn't use my fish to pay the taxes. Well, this th- I'm just go fishing and give me the first fish you pull up, look in his mouth. And when you finish it, pay his taxes, pay your taxes and my taxes. Because when you follow my instructions, my instructions can lead you into a place of provision and blessed he has decided to be humble and to follow God he says but you said surely I will do you good and make your offspring of the sand of the sea which cannot be numbered so verse 13 says so he stayed there that night and from that and from what he had with him he took a present for his brother Esau and it goes over all the presents uh, that he got, and he put them in camps, i 'm going to skip down a little bit for time. Verse seventeen says he instructed the first when Esau my brother meets you, and ask you to whom do you belong? where are you going, and whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say they belong to my servant Jacob. they are a present sent to my lord Esau he's not stupid, and moreover. He is behind us, in other words, he gave you this gift, he's on the way. He just wanted to come out before gifts. The Bible says that a man's gift will what? Make room for him and bring him before great men. Gifts can turn the heart uh, of people if you, if you give them generously and the right heart. He likewise instructed the second and the third, and all who followed and drove, you shall say the same thing what Esau Uh, When you find him, you should say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. He's trying to get a subliminal message in his mind. I'm saying, all this stuff can be yours. If only you will let me live. And Esau's probably thinking, I got 400 people. All of it can be mine, whether I let you live or not. (laughs) but, But at least he's trying. And he says, and you should say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he thought I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of me. And afterwards, I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on ahead of him, and he himself stayed that night at the camp. Now, something wonderful is about to happen. Verse 22, let's read that together. Uh, Genesis chapter 32, verse 22, what does it say? The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had and Jacob was left alone. Now I'm gonna stop right there for a second. It's time for him to hit a transition. It's time for him to have an encounter with God. But this time, God is going to encounter him when he's what? Alone. He's gonna encounter him when he has him by himself. We can encounter this, and I liken this into what he's about to go through as a, maybe in today's terms, a travail in prayer, a wrestling with God, a, a re, uh, 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 Lord, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. The fervent, effectual prayers of the righteous availeth much. Jacob is on the verge of a breakthrough. Everybody say breakthrough. <laughs> but when you're on the verge of a breakthrough, sometimes it's going to take you getting along with who? God. Let's keep reading and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, we see the scripture and text says it's a man, but we also know that this, but from reading further down, that this is the theophany. But based off of what he said. Y'all remember that word? Everybody said theophany. 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 Anybody remember what a theophany is? Theo means what? God. Theo means God. Theophany It's an appearance of God in human what? Form. It's a, and, and the word here is Elohim or Elohim. And Elohim refers to God proper, which is God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. It also is sometimes used to refer to the host of heaven, or or what the Bible calls the divine council. Maybe one day we'll get into that, because there's orders in heaven. There's there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's what's called the divine council, and then there are angels. All these things are in the scripture, and in Jewish culture, they come under one topic, Elohim. That's that's what the, when you hear let us make man in our image uh, or Elohim, some people would say. So this time, this Elohim is referring to God. So who is God made flesh? Jesus. So this is a this is a this is a theophany. This is this is Jesus. He's wrestling with God here. We see this, and we'll see it in a second, verse twenty-two. And let's read twenty-three. What does it say? He took them and sent them across the stream. And everything uh, I started started too far up. I'm making you read back. Let's go down to verse 24, and I want to start there. Let's start and uh, start so we can read the whole passage. Verse 24 says, "And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and his hip was put out of joint, and he as he wrestled with him." Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Now, Jacob's pretty powerful. We know Jacob's pretty powerful because when uh, Jacob went to see Rachel, that stone that all the other men, it took several men to pull up, when he saw Rachel, he pulled it up from himself, he pulled it up for himself. Remember that? Jacob is not a weak person, but we see from the scripture, that he's wrestling because God's letting him wrestle because he's wrestled all night with Jacob he hadn't got tired and when it's time to say it's daybreak all he does is the Bible says he didn't hit he touched his hip socket with enough power to knock his hip out of joint do you know how big your hip is your femur this area has some of the largest muscles in the body it is not easy to 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 knock it out of the socket, easy to break, but not easy to dislocate. Uh, uh, So that means extreme power from just one touch blew his hip socket out. And this is what I want you to see though. He has to be at this point in extreme, what, pain. He's in extreme pain. But when he touched the hip socket, he says, let me go. And it says he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip socket Put out a joint as he rests him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. And Jacob has to be in extreme pain. Do you God Himself has touched his hip and knocked his hip out? But Jacob looks at him and all the pain that he's in and says, I won't let go to you. Bless me. How many times have you had to come to God on your knees in a room all by yourself and crying? Heart filled with what? pain. Heart filled with sorrow and sadness. But you know God's promised you something. And you're down here on your knees and while you're on your knees, the enemy starts to whisper things in his ear like, why would he bless you? The church folks don't know what you did, but I know what you did. Church folks don't know what you're thinking, but I know what you're thinking. Church folks don't know what you watch on your phone when other people not looking don't know about the gossip and the secret websites, church don't know about your past and all the things, church don't, folks don't know that all your children don't have the same father, and all your children don't have the same mother, church folks don't know about your jail record, church folks don't know about the drugs you and while you're down there praying have you ever done that in church that while you're praying there's spiritual warfare going on every, while you're trying to lift your hand the enemy is throwing everything and every vision of everything you ever done right in your face anybody ever done that? you raise your hand and all of a sudden the enemy shows you a picture of your past or where you were and all of a sudden he's saying you're not worthy to do that because I want you to know something this isn't just physical warfare this is what Spiritual warfare, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, of course, the rulers of spiritual wickedness and darkness in high places. This is a whole spiritual battle. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, it wasn't just a physical problem, it was a physical problem, a spiritual problem. Because what did Satan say when he took Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple? He says, All this has been what? There's a spiritual battle going on. There's a spiritual transfer. And the Bible says, uh, Paul says that, Know you not that those which worship idols, things other than Jesus Christ, worship what? Demons. Which means that there's demonic worship. So God sends them to the tower. Uh, uh, He tells them to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. But what do they do? They listen to Nimrod. And they build a tower to worship. They're worshiping gods other than gods. How do we know this? Romans 1 tells us. That professing themselves wisely, they became fools. Romans chapter 1, around verse 18 to around 22. Then they changed the glory, uh, exchanged the glory of a God for that of four-footed beasts. They went into idol worship. And when they went into idol worship, who were they really worshiping? Demons. That means there is demonic worship behind the scenes. So there's not just a physical battle when we're looking at the at this. There's a what? Spiritual battle going on. And sometimes in the church, we can get so secularized and try not to appear spooky to people that we don't talk about the spiritual battle that goes on. Some things are natural occurrences, but some things are what? Spiritual battles. When Jesus healed people, then that day, I'm sure there were times that people just had epilepsy. But sometimes Jesus would look at that thing and he said, no, there's a spirit behind that, and I need to deal with it. Come out of him. And sometimes When we're getting ready to get, see the blessing is a spiritual thing that Jacob is about to walk in. So what does he have to do? He has to travail and he has to wrestle with God. There are some things. Some freedom that you will have. You're free because you're under the grace of Jesus Christ. But some things spiritually, they can't possess you, but they might be oppressing you. Why? Because you haven't given them to God. And because you haven't given them to God, your problem is not just generational. Your problem is spiritual. And because you are, are lighting your prayer life, you're not receiving the blessing God has for you. Because everything is not about black and white, A, B, and C. Some of those things are spiritual things behind the what? Sing. And so he's wrestling with God to get his blessing. And this is the tenacity that he has. I'm in pain, but I'm not going to let go until I receive what you promise me. I have a word for somebody tonight. You may have lost everything you had. You may be in a bad position right now. You may have lost friends. You may have lost family, but I want you to be tenacious like Jacob, that if God's word said it, and the promises of God are yes and amen, don't go stealing promises in the Bible that are meant for somebody else, but the ones that are for you, don't you dare allow the enemy to guilt you out of them. Don't you allow the enemy to give you condemnation and make you feel like you aren't worthy, because the Bible says that if we are Abraham's seed, which we are Gentiles, that spiritually, that we are heirs according to the promise. And the same blessing that was on Abraham spiritually flows right down to us. You are blessed in highly favored of the Lord. You are ahead and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the lender and not the borrower. Don't you dare let the world and the enemy tell you what your circumstances are. The Bible says, good God Almighty, that we are seated with him. In heavenly places, that we not only have a geographical and a physical location, but we have a spiritual position. I may never have a degree on this earth. I got a couple and a few, and you may not have a, a, a doctor's degree, but it doesn't matter what man calls you on this earth, because all those degrees, all those doctorates, all those licenses will go away, but when God elevates you, that's a status that no man is given, and no man can take away. You have access to the throne room of God. And all you have to do is be tenacious enough to say, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. What did Jesus tell us? Jesus thought, told us, thank you, Holy Spirit. Think about the woman with the unjust judge. That The, the man didn't answer the woman's prayer because, <laughs> because he wanted to answer it. He answered it because she wouldn't leave him alone. So he says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall Fine. Knocking the door shall be open for those who have asked shall receive for those who seek shall find for those who knock the door shall be open to you to us I've come to tell us that it is not time for the church to go on the defensive and talk tail and run it is time for the church to be able to stand on the word of God and to flow in the blessing that he has placed on our life and to be able to speak the things that God has spoken not the things that we speak ourselves we don't have power to speak things into existence but unto the God that speaks those things that are not that as though they were. He has the power and if we lean on him and his promises and his word, I hear him saying as the dew comes down from heaven and and falls on the earth so shall my word be that it shall not go out and come back void but it shall accomplish all that I sent it. In other words, what does that mean? That if God's word said it and you apply it, it's going to happen because God's word cannot be made void. God's word said it. I believe it. And it still works whether I believe it or not. He says, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. What in your life have you given up on? <clears throat> what in your life have you let past opportunities or let the enemy tell you you're too old to go back and get a degree? or you are too old to or you've gone too far for this and you've made the life you had and this is how you're going to be, be and you're just trying to be like the widow with the prophet. I just going to eat my couple of whole cakes and die. That's what we're going to do. And, and God said, no, I don't want you to eat the cakes and die. I want you to depend and trust on me. It wasn't about giving Elijah those things or giving the prophet those, her last two or giving one to him. It was about her trust and dependence on him. If you trust and depend on me, I'll give it to you. But you got to depend on me. Jacob's no longer dependent on his wit. Jacob is no longer dependent on his, on his slyness to get what he wants. Jacob is depending on God. Mm. Ooh, that's rich. Mm. He's dependent. Does anybody else depend on God? Yeah, Are you truly dependent on God for everything in your life? Give us this day our daily bread. I need you every day. Hmm. Genesis chapter twenty-five, verse twenty-seven. And he said unto him, I just added down to, because I I read King James so much it, that's it's supposed to be there. But it says, and he said to him, What is your name? He knew his name, but he's trying to get him to identify something. Now I want you to change his name because what does Jacob mean? Trickster. It means trickster, thief, somebody you don't want to leave in your house by themselves. That's what it is. It, it's your cousin that steals. That's what it means. That's the one where every time he shows up, something go away. You can't prove it, but it's, it's there. That's so what he's trying to get him, he's confessing who he what is. Yeah. He says what. Is your name. Now, to pay close attention to this. Because every time God gets ready. To give something an identity. Thank you. Told Jesus, He gives it a what? Name. He blessed man. He called him Adam. Adam. Mankind. And then he said Adam I'm going to bring you these animals. And whatever you call it. That's what it will what? Be. When God gets ready to change something. He changes it's what? Name therefore if any man be in Christ he is a what? new creature I'm not the old God has changed my what? name, what is your name? and he said Jacob, then he said your name shall no longer be Jacob you are no longer a trickster something is happening, but Israel, for you have you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed now, number six says Jacob wrestled with God uh, uh, went, uh, until dawn. Now he's gone from being a trickster in Israel or Yisrael in uh, in, in in the Hebrew has a certain meaning. It means prince. It has several meanings. It means one he who wrestles with God, but it also means prince. God has said, no longer you a trickster down here, but now you're. I'm elevating you. Remember, he has seated us with him in what? Heavenly place. Mm. I'm changing your name. I'm changing the trajectory that you thought you were on. You were headed here all along, but I had to let you work out all the foolishness out of your system, and now you're prepared. I can place on you the blessing that I want to place on you. For you have striven with God, or Elohim, that word is, and with men, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. And he says, why is it that you ask my name? And there he was. Blessed him. Jacob stole a blessing that he couldn't get. Because he was on the run for his what? Life. He was getting, he wanted the blessing from God. He thought he could steal it. But after life had broken him down, and he had become more mature, and he spent some time wrestling with God, God just says, "There you go. Could it be that if we just give up and stop flapping? Do you know the best way to, uh, to, to, to help somebody that's drowning? I was talking to a lifeguard. He says, when I help somebody that's drowning, I come up behind them, and if I can, I knock them out. You know why? Because when they're flailing around, they may knock me out and kill us both, or they may drag us both down. They're easier to save when they're unconscious and they've given up. That's, that's the story of salvation. How do I know I'm really saved? Have you really given up? Are you really trusting Christ for your, your salvation? Are you trying to use religious works to be right with God? Are you still keeping score of how much you give? Are you still keeping score of how many times you come to church? Or are you saying, I've given up, I'm just here because I love you, you're in control. And I'm going to flow in your freedom. He's given up and now God has blessed him. What he's been fighting for for over 20 years, God gave to him. Less than 20 seconds. Hmm. Wow. Verse 30. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, Peniel means the face of God. That's what the word Peniel means. The face of God. (laughs) He realizes he's had a close encounter with the Lord. Hmm. It's okay to have, have nice things in the church. It's okay to have programs. It's okay to have technology and all that stuff. We do all that stuff. But what the church at large needs to learn is you've got to rest in God. Some plant, some water but God brings the way Jesus then Jacob he says I've seen God face to face verse 31 the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip therefore to this day the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket Because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew other side. They ended with Jacob. And if you thought about it, the last thing you see is Jacob broken. But don't forget that Jacob's not broken, just broken. He may be broken, but he's blessed. He may not be able to walk as fast as he needs to, but he he doesn't have to. Why? Because the blessing of God is on his life. Don't seek the favor of men, seek the favor of God. Seek the blessing of God. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow to them. Seek the, I want to flow in the blessing. I want the blessing of God on my life. There's an economy out there and people are constantly talking about the economy and the recession and all these things and the bull market that's coming, but here's the truth of the matter. Whether that money goes up or down, I've seen God take ravens in the Word of God. Ravens are crows. They scavengers. They take food. God made the takers bring food to His prophet. Mm. God can provide for you even when the book dries up. It's gonna be in this time. If you hear anything that you hear me, listen to what I'm saying. That we are headed into a season where we need to have a complete and total dependence on God for our salvation, for our provision, for our health, for our life, for our peace of mind. We're struggling too much. That's why the body of Christ is so frustrated. We're struggling trying to change things. We're struggling time to make things happen but when you rest in God and begin to pray he can make them happen just like that that's it Jesus came to him and said like brother Bob is alluding they, they worked all day fishing professional fishermen didn't catch anything all night We've been here all night. We're professional fishermen. And Jesus said, well, you throw, throw, throw your nets over the other side of the boat. They could have said, I'm a professional. You stick, to, you stick to making tables, carpenter, and I'll stick to fishing. But they said, because you told us to do it, we'll do it. And Jesus did more in a few minutes than they had done in several hours. Oh, when the body of Christ comes to a childlike faith on God. My child needed something today and I was, it was my pleasure to give it to him and I just thought about how wonderful that is. Remember when you were young you said I can't wait till I get what? Grown. And then you realize you had to get everything for yourself and you wished you could go where? Back home. How wonderful it is for a child to not have to worry about their needs. That they know they have a parent that when I need I don't have to go get a job. All I have to do is say, Daddy, I need. How amazing is it when you need something where you can say, Daddy, I need. Daddy, I need a healing, and the doctor said I couldn't be healed. Daddy, I'm I'm sick and I need something in my body. Daddy, I need a financial miracle. Some, Dad, Dad, I've got things going on in my life. Daddy, can't have kids or, or daddy I can't do this or can't do that and, and there have been people who have been blessed with fertility or whatever the case may be or blessed with finances or blessed with health or resources or they said that my mind would never be the same again and they've been blessed not because they were good but because they rested in Jesus and said daddy I need maybe we be a, a church that depends on God. Brother Dave we've been depending on God for since we walked in the door haven't we? Has he ever, even before that, has he ever skipped a beat? God has done more at this church in this three years on less Amen. Amen. We've never missed. I stopped counting at 50,000, Brother Bob. Within about six months, the first six months, God, I counted up what they told me it would cost to do stuff, and we had did fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff with five thousand dollars. Sometimes you don't need money. Money's great if you can have it, that's great. But God don't need money to make what He needs to happen to happen. Or if you, if He wants to use it that way, He'll send you somebody who has a ton of it, and they be like, "Man, hey, that's nothing to me." But this is the thing: God will meet every need in your life. God, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to trust in you. Thank you that you provide every need in our life. I thank you for those who are online, Lord God, that are watching with us that may have a need, and those that are in this building that may have a need. our daddy, our father. Thank you for adopting us as your children. Thank you for your son's sacrifice on the cross. Lord God, thank you for providing for us and not only what you already have done, but Lord, I praise you in advance for what you are about to do that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. I prophesy that no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Lord, I thank you for what you're about to body of Christ that you're about to do in the earth, Lord God, for those souls that need you, God, Lord God, send them from the north, south, east, and the west, that your name may be praised and lifted up, in the name of Jesus we pray, amen, somebody give God a hand clap of praise. (laughs)